what this is all about, right? Clothes, bank rolls, and hoes, you know what I'm saying? Yo, them what, man? What? Visualizing the realism of life and actuality. Fuck who's the baddest? A person's status depends on salary. And my mentality is money orientated. I'm destined to live the dream for all my peeps who never made it. Cause yeah, we were beginners in the hood as five percenters. But something must have got in us. Cause all of us turn to sinners. Now some resting in peace and some are sitting in San Quentin. Others such as myself are trying to carry on tradition. Keeping this weapon best to speak at a Western society. Cause it provides with the proper insight that got us. Even though we know somehow we all gotta go. But as long as we leave and even, we'll be leaving with some kind of dope. So into that day we expire and turn the papers. Me and my capers, I'll be somewhere stacking plenty papers. Keeping it real, back and still getting high. Cause life's a bitch and then you die. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we get high. Cause you never know when you're gonna go. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we puff lie. Cause you never know when you're gonna go. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we get high. Cause you never know when you're gonna go. I woke up early on my born day, I'm 20 as a blessing, the essence of adolescence leaves my body now impression, my physical frame is celebrated cause I made it, one quarter through life, some golly like thing created, got rhymes, 365 days annual plus some, load up the mic and bust one, cuss while I punch from, my soul cause it's pain and my brain vain, money maintained, no go against the grain, simple and plain, when I was younger this I used to do my thing hard, robbing foreigners, take their wallets, they jewels and rip their green cards, just turn a project flash in my quick cash and got my birth Piece of ass smoking blunts with hash Now it's all about cash and abundance Niggas I used to run with is rich Are doing years in the hundreds I switched my motto Instead of saying fuck tomorrow That buck that bought a bottle Could have struck the lotto Once I sit on the block Loose cracks, reduce stacks I cooked up and cut small pieces To get my loot back Time is illmatic Keep static like wool fabric Pack of formatics to crack your whole cabbage Life's a bitch and then you die That's why we get high Cause you never know when you're gonna go that's why we puff fly, cause you never know when you're gonna go. Life's a bitch, and then you die. That's why we get high, cause you never know when you're gonna go. Life's a bitch, and then you die. That's why we puff fly, cause you never know when you're gonna go. Life's a bitch, and then you Life's a bitch and then you die. Tremendous opening record on this July 2nd, 2021. As we celebrate the 25th anniversary of the July 2nd, 1996. It was written by Nas when the day was released. But what you're hearing first is from his incredible debut, Illmatic and... An incredible opener by AZ on the first verse. AZ, Logan, in, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated rappers, MCs in the history of hip-hop. He just sets that song off perfectly with Definitely. the hook. And, and Nas's father, 
playing the cornet at the end. And remember in our Pac podcast, we talked about how Pac was in tune with the music and he flowed with the music because he went to a music school, a performing arts school. Well, Nas' father is an accomplished jazz musician. Has had a few albums. They even did an, They even did a few songs together. This would be the first of songs throughout the uh, Nas' career that his father would play the cornet on. And his father, Olu Dara, Nas, how to play the trumpet and the cornet as Nas was growing up. So Nas already had the gift of music before he started to become an MC. Nas, his father and his mother divorced when Nas was 13. A year later, Nas would drop out of school, completely drop out of school. And there you go, because his father moved out of state. His father was not in his life anymore. So now Nas was left to become a man on his own, dropped out of school, uh, began dabbling in, in drugs, selling drugs, um, smoking weed and hanging out with uh, his, his uh, partners in the Queensbridge Projects in right near Long Island City in Queens, New York. But while he was doing that, he was still writing everything he saw. He was a great observer, and he wrote rhymes galore. And eventually, at the age of 17 or 18, my memory fa- uh, fails me a, a bit. I'm not sure if it was 17 or 18. Uh, MC Search, a third base, became his first manager, assigned him to a deal with Columbia Records. And that's how Illmatic began to be made. And this life's a bitch when you die. This is Nas's style, Logan, reminds me of Rakim, the way he flows. Just when I first heard Nas, this was the first song I ever heard of Nas. And AZ blows me away. But then when I hear Nas, I'm like, God damn, who's this young kid? Because I'd never heard of either one, Logan, when this song first came out in, in, in 1994. And I was just I was just blown by listening to the way these guys with with their flow. One of the best teams ever when it comes to a duo. They've done several records over the last, uh, damn, 27 years. And even in Nas's last album, last year, King's Disease, AZ appeared on, I believe, two tracks and just blows it. I just never understood why he never became bigger than he was because the man is incredibly talented on the mic. And Nas, what else can we say? Uh, before I go into some of the 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 the, the rhymes on this, um, lyrics on, on, on this song, when was the first time you heard Nas and what was your first impression? of Nas when you first heard him. Yeah, my the first time I heard Nas was when he came out with his second album. Uh it was after Illumatic. And that right, I it was written. That, right. Yeah, I was listening yeah. to that shit over and over again. You know, sweet dreams are made of these. Who <laughs> yeah, am I? We'll get to that. <laughs> you know, I was like seventeen. It was after my like after I'd listened to a ton of Pac and I was like well, basically a, that 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 album which is today's the 25th anniversary of that album being released, came out the same year as All Eyes on Me and, and The Seven Day Theory Machiavelli. Right, and right. it held up. It held up commercial, commercially and as far as commercially and critically, it held up. It was like, wow, on the West Coast, Pac was destroying it with those albums. 
And on the East Coast, Nas was destroying it with it was written. And man, talk and about Pac a great even calls him out. Talk about a right. Talk, we'll, we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to when we get to that because there because Street Dreams. We'll talk about. I'll save that for when Street Dreams when we play. Right, it's, it's the same but beat. It's the same beat. It's the as, same uh, exact set. But to me, well, I, nah, I'm, I'm gonna save that for later. Anyway, this the definition this of song, a thug. Yeah. Anyway. This, this 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 song, life's a bitch. When you first hear it. You you get I get blown away by A A Z's lyrics. He I mean the way he starts visualizing the realism of life in actuality. Fuck who's the baddest? A person's status depends on salary, and he just without catching air just goes to his whole verse, and you're like, wow. Yeah. But then but then when Nas comes up, Nas doesn't Nas is the quintess the quintessential MC. He's not gonna. He's not going to try and match your energy. He's going to keep his energy, which is laid back and stylistically perfect. And he just came out and without without losing anything, he just real laid back. I woke up early. I'm a born born day. I'm twenty. It's a blessing. The essence of adolescence leaves my my body. Now I'm fresh and. My physical frame is celebrated because I made it. He's talking about life. Now, in 1994, he wouldn't turn 20 until September 14th. This album came out in April, and he, he uh, AZ and, and, and Nas did this song when Nas was still either 18 or 19, but he's, he's thinking ahead. He knows that in 1994, when his album is play, being played, it will be the year he turns 20. And so there he goes, you know, bringing... Real life, and this 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 is his real life. He's talking. I love what he goes. Got rhymes, three sixty five days annual plus some. Just hold up the <laughs> yeah. mic, bust one, cause when I bust from my soul, cause it's pain in my brain, brain vein, money maintained. I mean, just, just he's a poet. He is the ultimate poet when it comes. Well, to he's more. Hip -hop. He's he's. He has the flow, I mean, that rivals Pac in many ways. I mean, it, it was... Well, well um, they're both poets. They are both right. poets. They are but both... The, and they both they both learned and read a lot, and both Nas and Pac read up on, on, on black history, African history, and both men were dropouts, yet well, contained intelligence that... Went beyond school, went beyond the streets. It's just too deep thinking. And you see well, from, also from, the style. From, it, it, to me, it's like... No, they're different styles. They're different styles. They're different no, styles. I know, I know. But this, to me, this is the thing that I find similar, is that they rhyme... Like when, when Pac writes a rhyme, he rhymes the first part of the sentence with the first part of the next sentence. Like he, It's a complete rhyme. Like He's rhyming the whole one sentence with the whole other and so is Nas. They're both they both you have make like a great point there. Like when we go back when we, on, on the Pox last Pox we went pussy poetry and paper and he just keeps going. And Nas does it in this song and Nas does it in probably that comes Logan from their love of music and their experience in dealing with music. N not too many MCs have the musical background, if any of these two giants and nobody does that today this. by the way nobody does that oh today. and please 
please, except Nas, because he's still he's still right. losing. He, but not even like somebody first... like Kendrick or I mean I don't hear it. I don't hear uh, Kendrick, Kend- Kend- Kendrick's a beast. Kend- he's if a anybody beast, but he's not doing this. Yeah, well, there's a few songs. See, we we maybe one day we'll look at Kendrick because he's the only guy I recognize from today. Fuck these other motherfuckers. Anyway, back to a back, back to Nas, and so he's growing up in Queensbridge, and this first album, Illmatic, is a lot of his life experience and also stuff that he sees. Now, his best friend, and shout out to my podcast partner in Championship Rounds podcast, Vegas World Inc., and you could check out his uh, weekly podcast, Hip Hop Now, and hip-hop the year it was one of those episodes he goes back and he talks about ill will who was my man vegas's cousin was Nas's best friend growing up in queensbridge and Nas and ill will had this had this bond where they were going to make records together well unfortunately one day in the spring of 1992 ill will was murdered on the queensbridge play uh project playgrounds while Nas was upstairs. By the time Nas came down, Ill Will had died. And this this entire scenario and what happened is described in the documentary that's, in, that's available on Tubi, Peacock, Netflix. I highly recommend it. It's the documentary about this first album and Nas revisiting uh, Queensbridge 20 years later and sitting sitting in a spot standing in a spot where his best friend Ill Will was murdered the documentary is called Time is Illmatic highly recommended for those who are Nas fans because in my opinion it's one of the great hip hop documentaries of all time and what I love about this documentary Logan is when Nas is walking through the through, 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 through Queensbridge through his old buildings and his own stopping grounds and the playgrounds where he played in People, the elders were stopping him. Oh, Nazir, Nazir. By the way, uh, Nazir's real name, Nas's real name, Nazir Ben Oladara Jones. Shorten it to Nas. Another another comparison to Tupac. He used his real name. He didn't go by a uh, 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 quick wit or <laughs> the Queensbridge kid or some shit like that. No, he was simple. Nas, and what I love about his Twitter handle, Logan, is that it's not a picture of him. It's not a picture of jewelry or a car. No, it's a it's a simple picture of Muhammad Ali. I just I just love Nas, and we will go we will go more into detail about the genius that is Nazir Ben Oludara Jones. Let me do some some shout outs real quick, and then we will get to the next song. Man, uh. Uh, by the way, in my opinion, Nas is the greatest MC to ever come from New York that was born, raised, and stayed in New York and did all his music in New York. And he's the greatest. I don't care what anybody says. Jay Z, Biggie, Rakim, uh, Karis One, LL Cool J. That's your number one. That's your number one. In my opinion, New York only. Nas well, okay. is the king of New but York and will always be it, the king of New York. Who would you put right below Nas? Like Big Pun? In New York? In New York. Oh, yeah. Fuck Big Pun. Fuck that white <laughs> beaten fat bastard. Ah, 
I don't recognize <laughs> wife beaters. Fuck him. No, okay. fuck Big Blunt. Now, he was talented. Beater. He was talented and, you know, great flow, but one album and he beat his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people deserve death. He did. And for those who do not like what I just said, I'm not making fuck anything you. up. There was a documentary several years ago where his wife talked about the abuse that fat bastard gave her. So, man, fuck him. And he, oh, you want to know, who, my, my top five New York MCs, no order, no order, except Nas is my number one, but you got to go J Big, uh, J Big, LL Cool J, J Big, LL Cool, and Rakim. And th- those are your five. Nas, Jay-Z, uh, Rakim, Biggie, and LL Cool J are my top five New York MCs of all time. And, I mean, you you could make an argument for any of them to be number one because their track record proves it. They were just sensational global superstars. But Nas is my number one because of the variety of music that you will hear. And, by the way, we will be doing about four parts on his career. This is part one of, part, of four parts of his incredible career. All right, shout-outs to my man on Twitter, my man Major K. Villain, my brother from Africa, Mekwa. What's up? Huge Nas fan. Might be the biggest Nas fan on the planet. Uh, He might be sleeping with a Nas pillow as we speak. My man Justin from the Place to Be Nation uh, Wrestling Network, he does a podcast there uh, covering the career uh, of Bret Hart and the WWF from 1991. It's it's the it's the era before it's the era before what was the era that uh was Stone Cold uh the with, with the, the Attitude Era the era before the Attitude Era all right uh shout out to my man Styley who discovered us on the Pac podcast and DM me over and over again he loved that podcast he loved how we broke down Pac's career uh shout out to my man Afro Reyes. Fellow black Puerto Rican like me, a uh, huge Pac fan, and he loved the Pac podcast. Uh, the only woman I know who loves uh, Nas more than my lady is a young lady who's an old soul, Ra the Chocolate OG, and my brother Derek X, who's a huge, huge, huge Nas fan. Shout out to those people. And now uh, Logan will go on with the next record. And we'll see you on the other side. It's yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes all the words past the margin the whole of mic I'm throbbing mechanical movement understandable smooth shit that murderers move with the thief theme play me at night they won't act right the fiend of hip hop has got me stuck like a crack pipe the mind activation react like I'm facing time like Pappy Mason with pins I'm embracing wipe the sweat off my dome spit the phlegm on the street suede Tim's on my beats make my cypher complete weather cruising in a six cab I'm on tarot deep I can't call it the Beats make me falling asleep, I keep falling, but never falling six feet deep. I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for dead presidents to represent me. me. The world is this. The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. 
to everybody uptown. That's that's Harlem. The world is yours. The world is yours. To everybody in Brooklyn, the world is yours. Everybody in Mount Mount Vernon, Long Island, Staten Island, and the South Bronx. There's a recurring theme. He does it in several records. Shows you why he is the unquestionable, in my opinion, king of New York. And the rhyme flow in this song, Logan, is incredible, especially with this, this is my favorite part. I'm the young city bandit holding myself down single handed. He says it so so oh my God. That 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 line alone, I'm the young city bent. He just says it so effortless effortlessly. I compare Nas to in my opinion the greatest little man to ever play the game in the NBA, Isaiah Thomas, legendary Detroit Pistons point guard. He plays basketball. He played basketball the way, the way Nas rhymes. So effortlessly, so fluid, so laid back. And it just looks like he does it with ease. Like he's not even trying. Oh, but I mean, that, that, that that's the thing about what people don't understand about like really good MCs. Like a lot of MCs, they, they focus on freestyle. And if they do too much freestyle, to me, what happens is they're writing starts to sound like a freestyle, which is not good. I mean, you should craft your rhymes, you know, and this guy... You know, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a hip-hop historian. I stopped following hip-hop in 2005, but I agree with you. You see, a, there's a huge difference, in my opinion, and I'm not a hip-hop historian, but my own opinion is that there's a huge difference between a battle rapper, freestyle rapper, and the guy who pens his stuff and makes sure that it's poetic and it makes sense. And that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of rappers today, they focus on that. And it's like, that's supposed to be some great skill that you can just shit, do shit off the dome. But if you look at the real craftsmen of rap, they were mostly written rhymers. Like, Pac, very little freestyle, you know? I mean, I think he did one, like, that. We, that's recorded. And Nas did a lot more, but I, I think that he's also better as a written artist. And, and, and yeah, because he's a, that's, because that's he's what they a were poet. Yeah. He's a poet. And I don't think when you freestyle or battle rap that po- poetry comes – you're not reciting old stuff because people will know, wait a minute, he wrote that years ago. You have to bring out new stuff off the top of the dome. And while that's a huge skill and, and you know, it's a, it's a skill to uh to be commended for, I agree with you that there's a difference between – the freestyle and the poetic writings of a of a man like like, like Nas and um man yeah, he makes and it look the, my point is he makes it look yeah. easy but he probably spends a lot of time on these songs I mean that's, but you you, you know he look he he has always been known for going everywhere with a pencil and a pad he's writing everything he's probably right now one o'clock in the morning in his mansion somewhere I don't know if it's in Connecticut or Jersey. He's in his mansion. He's in his $20 million mansion somewhere, and he's writing a rhyme. <laughs> and, he's, and he's thinking about it, and he's, you know, he's, he's a perfectionist. He, and you could tell by the way he rhymes, he's a perfectionist. And, uh, by the way, great production by the legendary Pete Rock. One thing about the Illmatic album, there were so many legendary producers. It is rare to see an album with so many great producers on the same album. We're talking Pete Rock, DJ Premier, Large Professor, Q-Tip, 
and Q remember coming up soon. One of the songs. Remember that oh, Pete Rock and CL Smooth? Uh, that Pete Rock yeah, and CL well, Smooth. Pete Rock, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, one of my all time favorite songs, and one of the greatest songs that ever the was released on what before that. Uh they reminisce over you. Great song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great song. That's the song that put Pete Rock on the map as being a great producer. And years after that group broke up, Pete Rock to this day is still producing great, great records. And um, he did a phenomenal job using Whose World Is This? The most influential movie in the history of hip-hop was Scarface. Perfect example because the world is yours. <laughs> right, but he was singing it, right? It's Pete Rock singing. No, no, that no, no, I, it, that might. I don't know if that's Pete or or Nas. You know what? That's a good question. You know what? I it, it one or the other. It's I'm not, not Nas. Sure. You know, Twenty four years yeah. later, and um, I'm looking. I looked it up. It is Pete Rock. He's singing that. All right, so He's go ahead, Pete. All right, <laughs> Pete Rock. Man, you will be hearing Nas singing, and and Nas does sing better than Pete Rock, as you hear later on. Well, he, all. all all Pete Rock says is, whose world is this? That's it. But in, And that was taken straight off Scarface. Remember right. the, uh, the, what you call it? It was, it was the, it was a blimp, right? And it said, who, the world is yours. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny, man. Uh, that, that scene, I mean, there's some, Scarface was so influential on hip hop that it's like, I don't know if there would be, hip hop would be the same without it. Um, it was very oh, it, 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 hey, in the early days of hip hop, we're talking Scarface and James Brown samples. All right, that's what totally influenced hip hop. And man, there's been so many songs. Pac had a had a uh, Scarface sample, I believe, is the song called uh, "I See Duff Around the Corner" from um, Me Against the World. A I, that's a Scarface sample on that. The beginning, that's that's. That's from the Scarface. Yeah, say, How's the stay alive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Scarface, and hey, one of the greatest MCs of all time from Houston took his name from the movie Scarface. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, so that's the thing. Yes, yeah, always. There. And remember, he did that scene where with Puffy and the fake Biggie, and it was a Scarface scene. It was a that was copy. a Scarface scene. Yes, that was a that, That's it. Um, uh, hit him up. That's in the song. Yeah. <laughs> Hit him up. And, um, man, and, um, damn, Scarface, such an influential song. I'm surprised Al Pacino and Brian De Palma haven't sued these guys. <laughs> yeah, they, didn't, they don't say it in any way that's the same. They, they just take the fucking phraseology. You can't patent that. You can't. Uh, yeah, well, and plus, you know what? The more, the more it was sampled, the more it was talked about, the more people went and watched the movie or bought the videos or streamed yeah. it. So, one way or the other, they're, they're making money. They're making money off of it. All right, now I want to shout out a bunch of people from Detroit on Twitter. My man, visit the Uprising TV. Barry, go to his website, visit com. He sells incredible, credible sports-related and music-related. He's got concert uh, T-shirts and hoodies. He's got hoodie, WWF hoodies. Uh, Stone Cold giving The Rock the Stone Cold Stunner. Often giving The Rock the, 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 the Stunner. And coming soon, and I'll be buying three shirts right away when they come out. 
He's coming out with a set of Detroit legends, uh, sports legends, the Detroit Pistons from 2004 NBA champions, and almost finished, Thomas Hearns' iconic August 2nd, 1980 knockout of Pepino Cuevas to win the WBA welterweight title. The fight was held at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Music, Detroit, Michigan. Oh, so visit my brother uh, Barry and visit the UprisingTV.com to, to look at that paraphernalia, uh, paraphernalia. My man, Comedian Macho, can't say enough about this incredible comedian with the great, uh, with the great Jay-Z impersonation. Watch up, uh, what's up, Macho? Probably my favorite police officer on the entire planet, Officer Holland is from Detroit, known as Hot, Hot, Hot Houseplants on Twitter. Love of, uh, love of animals, love of plants, love of children, and a great cop. A great cop. And uh, don't harass her because she can hit you from 500 yards with a gat. All right. Now, also from Detroit, head glam in charge, wonderful young lady. Uh, my man from Detroit, the cousin of one of the greatest baseball players that ever lived, Ricky Henderson. Uh, my buddy, Big Wheezy on Twitter. And... A guy who who loved our DMX and Tupac uh, podcast. Can't say enough about it. Another brother from Detroit, my man, Miliardo Peacecraft. And now, Logan will be playing the next song as we continue with the tribute to, uh, hey, the Bruno Sammartino of hip-hop. He is, in my opinion, the one and only living legend of hip-hop now. Many faces, your telephone, long black stitches of fatuation. 
racist Equals a petrol Dramatic, automatic Fofo, I let blow And back down Fofo when I'm back So my pit taps to pay for them My brain's blank I see dark streets Hustling brothers Who keep the same rank Pumping for something Some are prosperous Or fail judges Hanging niggas Uncorrect bells For direct sales My intellect prevails For my hanging cross with nails I reinforce the frail Will never that's real Word the Christ A disciple of streets Trifle on beats I decipher prophecies Through a mic to say peace I hung around the older fools While they sling smack the thing back They spoke a fat cat That nigga's name Maybe bell ring Black the face scream About supreme Same of Jamaica Queens thing Uptown with outposts Son heard he was kingpin Yo fuck rappers real Watch the herbs stand still Never talking to snakes Cause the words a man kill True in the game As long as blood is flow in my vein I pull my Heineken root To my deceased crew In memory lane Listeners, bluntheads, fly ladies, and prisoners. Um, this is a this is a perfect wreck was uh put in place by Ronald Reagan, George Bush, and the CIA, a former genocide to try and destroy the entire black population of the United States. I'm not saying anything that's no one doesn't know anything about. You have to be blind to the fact. The fact of the matter is there was a concerted effort to wipe black people off the face of the earth in the United States in the 1980s. Crack was brought in and guns were brought in. Now, Nas drops out of school, uh, Logan, at 14, 15 years old. What's he going to do? He can't get a job. He's got to do something, right? Uh, he, so he, for, for a short time, he sells crack. It is amazing that he did not become a part of the system and wound up with a life destroyed. He found a way through his gift, his gift of gab, his gift of writing, his musical gifts, getting it to the top and out of a out of despair. Queensbridge is one of the largest housing projects in the entire United States. And the same thing that was happening in Queensbridge projects were happening in the projects I grew up in, the Millbrook projects in the South Bronx, and you had the Mitchell projects in the South Bronx, the Patterson projects in the South Bronx. You had in Harlem the Lincoln projects, the Lehman projects, the Wilson and Taft projects. In Brooklyn, you had the Jackie Robinson projects. All these projects, every single housing project that housed black and Puerto Rican and Dominican kids Dominican families 
crack was brought in, you had open air drug markets and the housing police, because back then, it's not like today when all of New York NYPD is a uniform, they're one. Back then, you were, it was broken up into three sectors. You had your regular patrol cops, NYPD. You had your transit cops, and you had your housing police. They were either on the payroll or didn't give a fuck that, that ah, dumb jungle, dumb jungle lands, they're, they're killing each other. So uh, I'm going to just sit back and watch. It was a concerted effort, and it is a disgrace because it destroyed generations and generations of black and Latin people throughout the entire United States. And I'm just talking about New York City. I'm not talking – you know – what happened in South Central and Little Rock and Detroit and Chicago and Baltimore and the it's 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 endless. I'm just talking about the five boroughs in New York City. And when you hear Illmatic, oh, they've never hear, yeah, go ahead. They never recovered, really. No, I mean, I mean uh, uh, what happened is those communities that were destroyed, like in Williamsburg and Bushwick and Bed Stuy. And Harlem, they uh, they were revitalized with gentrification. So then the plan worked. One goes in hand with the other. I, I see. That's how it works. Yeah, hey, so, Logan, you live you've lived in Brooklyn your whole life. You've seen communities change from being eighty yeah. percent black to eighty percent white. It's, it's 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 not by accident. Yeah. It's not yeah. by accident. Uh, an apartment that at one time was $150 a month is now uh, uh, 15000 a month. How's that? Dude, the rent has gone up crazy in Brooklyn. I mean, in, in yeah, areas that used to be rough. That used to be rough. In yeah. areas that were crack, in, in, in apartments, buildings that were crack houses. In areas where you had prostitution and crack 24-7, now... Oh, Oh, we're yuppies. We're the new yuppies. We're millennials. Oh, I'm going to Starbucks. And I'm going to get me a latte. Man, get the fuck out of here. Well, it's funny, man, because like I was in the, I was living around that area. At, um, I was living in Fort Greene, and it was mostly. Oh, black. so you know, you remember Fort Greene in the eighties and nineties? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you remember, and not too far from Fort Greene, Red Hook. Red Hook, if you wasn't out of Red Hook by by, by dark, <laughs> you got caught by a crook. Red Hook, oh, my God. Now, Red Hook is not Red. Red Hook and Bed-Stuy, Fort Greene, uh, Bushwick, Williamsburg. I dated a woman for several years whose entire family grew up in the Williamsburg projects. Those projects are still around, but across the street, what used to be abandoned buildings or crack houses, are all million dollar condos or brownstones? Yeah, it's. Re- I mean, it's really it's transformed. Uh, it's it. You know, the the Brooklyn area that you're right. I mean, things have come back, but but I feel like that the the overall way things are in the inner city has not changed. Like it's just well, the the, wor- the worst look, parts well, are still shitty. I'm just talking. I'm just talking about gentrification. The families that were destroyed, the communities that were destroyed, were reinvented and put in with white people. Those families yeah, yeah. still destroyed. Those families were, were, were taken apart. 
um, I forgot who said it, but uh, someone famous, and um, any of the listeners could tweet me to tell me who said this. But they said that uh, crack was the only thing that ever separated a black woman from her child since slavery. Of course, wow. slavery, the, 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 the slave masters, the slave owners would separate a, you know, the children from the mother because they wanted the children to become slaves and, and whatever. But after slavery, the black woman made sure to always protect her children until crack was introduced and they got caught on crack. And um, I, have a, I, have, I, have a, I have a story, a, a true story, true life story. My son's mother, I was, how old was I at the time? I, I was 24 when my son was born, July 17th, uh, 1992. By, I say the winter, yeah, around the, around September, October of 94. At the time, and my son was two years old, and at the time, Logan, I was going to John Jay College of Criminal Justice full-time and working full-time, and so... My, I was living with my son's mother, and her only she didn't need she didn't have to work. I was paying all the bills, paying the rent, and phone bill, whatever. All she had to do was watch our son. One day it was a Saturday morning, September October that year, and I'm cleaning up in the kitchen, and I go through the covers and I find a a crack vial, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why is this crack vial? In my thing, all right? At the time, I was with my son by myself. She was out, quote-unquote, shopping. Later that day, she comes back, and she's fucked up. And I'm like, how long has this been going on? And she was like, oh, no, 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 Rob, 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 I, 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 I can stop, I can stop. I packed up all my things, took my son's things, and went back to live with my mother, while she began to get out of control, uh, unreal. Damn. And then dudes would dudes would uh dudes would fuck her and come back to me and say, "Man, I fucked your baby's mama." I said, "Well, I hope you was strapped, cause you might catch something." Cause I I, I done ditched that bitch, right? And I don't use wow, the man. word, but she is the old. If you look up bitch in the dictionary. There's a picture of her. But, I mean, uh, wait a second. Before let me continue. Happened, let me continue. Though, I'm not finished. I'm not okay. finished. Let me finish the story real quick. Then you can, then you can talk. Uh, a year later, 1995, she goes into rehab. She comes out. I get a phone call from a lawyer. Uh, I have a social worker come to my apartment, to my parents' apartment. I'm still living with my parents at the time because I'm still an undergrad. Um, telling me that uh, she's out of rehab and she's requested visitation. And... 99 times out of 100, if the mother's clean and passes everything, drunk tests everything, she's going to get the child. And I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Logan, my stomach, I couldn't sleep. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I had murderous thoughts. I was like, how could they do this to me? How could they take my son away and give it to this crackhead? I know we all deserve a second chance and everything, but I, I knew this woman. She could, no, hell no, she's lying. The first visit she has, the first visit she has with my son, weekend visit, I pick him up Monday morning. And while while I'm making him breakfast, my mother's like, hey, uh, Robert, Robert, come here, come here. 
my son is humping a teddy bear. And I'm like, oh, shit. He wasn't doing that. He never did this before. He wasn't doing that before he went over to this bitch's house. What? Oh, oh. Yep, he's humping a teddy bear. So I call the social worker right away. And I said, I need you to come over as soon as you can. And she gets she gets to my apartment within an hour. I throw the teddy bear. I said, look, you went and you scheduled this visit. She had a weekend visit. I picked him up this morning. Let me show you something. I throw the teddy bear in his playpen. He starts humping the teddy bear. She's like, oh, my God. They call an emergency family court hearing. She doesn't show up. So her visitations are canceled, and until that day, until he's 21 and moves to Florida, he's with me for the rest of his childhood. Uh, bring it back, bring it back to today. Bring it back to today. Three years ago, he moves from Florida back to New York, and he moves in with her. He doesn't last two weeks there because she's constantly stealing out his wallet, stealing out his pants pocket when he caught me crying. Hey, can he stay with me? I said, yeah, I, I, I told you. I told you you could stay with me. I don't know why you would stay with her. You want to revisit Lost Dreams? I understand. Men love their mothers regardless. They try. And he, had to, and he had to see it for himself, but he had to learn the hard way. Go ahead, Logan. No, but I was saying, how was she before this, or was she already on the decline? Like, were you already kind of like looking no, at her? No, she, see, with her... When we first started dating, we started dating in 1990, and we moved in together when she got late 91. And when I first met her, she's my typical type. She, she was four foot eleven, ass for days, no stomach, muscular calves, pretty face, Haitian chick, drop dead gorgeous. Her parents hated me. Ah, he's not. He's not even West Indian. Why you think this boy? And the rumor was, and she and she confirmed it, is that she always went out with dudes with money, i.e. drug dealers. All right, she was always dealing with some street dudes. I was, I'm making a change. I'm gonna deal with a good dude because I'm working full time. And look, I grew up in the same atmosphere as Nas did. Right, never had an inkling to. Sell crack, even though dudes came at me and said, yo, you can make so much money. Why are you busting your ass? Man, fuck you. I like to live. I'm not going to jail, all right? I know what's right from wrong because I saw my father almost lose his life behind selling when he was young. So I'm not making the same mistakes. I'm going a different path, all right? She, so she's like, all right, so when we first started dating, Logan, it seemed everything was, it was kosher and and then I'm thinking, because I was away a lot. I'm I'm at 20 out, 18 out of the 24 hours, I'm not home. I'm either at work or at school. And when I'm coming home, it's just to eat, go to sleep. Uh, 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 get a quick nut and go to bed. <laughs> so whatever she was doing during the day was on her. It wasn't until I saw that crack vial and she came back high. It was like God put that crack vial there for me to see. Because if I had not seen that crack violence, she came back acting all, 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 all funny, then I, uh, I might not have thought of anything of it after maybe she would have gave me a, a, a fellatio or something. I don't know. But add all that together, I was like, wow. And never turned back. And 
I feel bad for my son because he never got over being abandoned by his mother, despite the fact that I was always there for him. Uh, my father was always there for him until, my, until he was eight years old when my father died. My mother was always there for him, and my sister, his aunt, was always there for him. But he always had that missing. When he tried to reconnect, it was too late. It was too late when he lost her the first time, but yeah. yeah it, was it, it was over then, but <laughs> he didn't realize it until he was gone. He had to, you know, you have to learn for yourself. I mean, men are always going to love their mothers regardless, and I know he still loves her. He still loves her, but, you know, he had to learn the hard way. You know, she, she'll steal from anybody. Oh, last one, one last quick story about her, and then we'll go on to the uh, to the shout-out and then the next song. Uh, where my father got throat cancer, in the summer of 1999, later on that year, I believe it was October, November of 99, he was living with me at the time because my mother couldn't 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 deal with him because he was still doing stuff he shouldn't be doing even though he had stage four throat cancer. So one day he's taking a shower and he leaves the door open and she, for some reason unbeknownst to anybody, shows up in the apartment. And is trying to steal my living room VCR. He gets out the shower, catches her, and beats the holy hell out of her and dislocates her jaw and then throws her into the elevator and pushes one down. And he, he fucked her up real bad. That's so, fucked up, man. When... When when she when she goes to the hospital and she tells the police I did it, he says my my baby daddy beat me up. So they come to my job where I work, where my employee pays. You know how they go with my you know yeah. Michael with with my children. <laughs> the police come to my job and say, uh, we have to question you. And I'm like, question me what? I've been at work all day. Oh, well, we, we heard that you assaulted your ex-girlfriend, the mother of your child. And I said, what? The, what the hell are you talking about? I was here all day. Ask anybody here. And then the man, I'm, I'm working in foster care at the time. Uh, the general, the, the I don't know what you call him, the general director and his assistant come down the stairs. Because they hear me screaming. It's like, Robert, Robert, what's the problem? The police want to arrest me claiming that earlier today I beat on a woman. And they're like, "Uh, officer, that can't be possible. He's been here all day. (laughs) And so the police were like, no, they're lying for you. They're lying for you. And and, and they're like, look, we got video. We, We videotape. Everybody comes in and out. You can see he's here. We've got videotape to show you. And they left looking at me like I was lying. All right, so I asked, so so uh, the, uh, Mr. Musi, who was the director, tells me, Robert, you need to go go home and do whatever you can, see what's going on. I go home, and my father, who couldn't talk, he, they took his voice box out, but he refused to use that instrument that goes, they said, rap. No, he threw that shit out the window. He hated it, so he was just mute. I come in, and I'm like, what happened? The police came to me, said, and he wrote down on a piece of paper what happened, what I described. I mean, he 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 didn't write well. It was a, it was a huge mess. I read it, 
and I laughed my ass off. I said, you know, this bitch said that I did what you did. And my father smirked, and then he wrote down, she knows better than to say I did it because I'd kill her ass. <laughs> Whoa. Man, your fucking dad was some, a hood motherfucker. Hey, look, my father was a street motherfucker, and if you mess with his, whether you a man, woman, animal, and this man was, he, he was dying. He didn't care. He was he he went for the tome, <laughs> he went for the tome and man, and then and then to follow up final part of the story, my father dies eight ten month eight to ten months later, July thirtieth two thousand. At the wake, who shows up at the wake? She shows up at the wake and she runs up to my father's body and is crying. Oh, I loved you like my own father. <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh, man. Were my you, brother, like, at the funeral laughing? My, bro- no, my brother and a couple of other of my boys grabbed her and threw her out. They're like, get this bitch out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and that will be the last time I use the B word, ladies, that are listening. Uh, as you can see, this, this, this woman deserves it. And um, uh, by the way, she's dying of brain cancer. Couldn't happen to a nicer person. And now oh, it's man. a shout-out. Now it's a shout-out. <laughs> Talk about memory lane. <laughs> Perfect. Going down. I want to trip down memory lane. All right. Shout-out to these great these great podcasts. Um, my, my, my brother Jason Johnson is the co-host of two incredible podcasts, Shop Talk Podcast, which he co-hosts with my brother Dane, both fellas from Detroit. The single best show when it comes to relationships among men and women and the Detroit hip-hop scene. And they do a lot of classic hip-hop on there as well. Jason also hosts This Week in Culture with my man Anthony, in which they go, uh, and that's the best TV and movie review show on the planet. Right now, they're reviewing The Shy. Shy's been horrible, but you know their their takes make it worth watching because they're hilarious. One of my favorite uh, hip hop podcasts, and they do everything from historical till today. Uh, my my uh, my friends, my sister Portia from Nova, Nova Scotia in in Canada, and my man Kilpatrick from Philly, and one of the guys that is constantly on their show is my brother from Atlanta, and he just had his 50th birthday. Happy 50th, Vern! Uh, my buddy Shwana, she also hosts a podcast. Go to her Twitter handle, and it will show you the uh, the link to it. And on the Tupac podcast, I mentioned that podcast as well. My man Gary Gonzalez, longtime friend of both Logan and I, he runs the Fight Game Media uh, website, which has over 100 of my boxing articles, and he has a Patreon that I do a weekly podcast on. Check it out. Everything's on FightGameMedia.com. And, of course, back to my man, Vegas World Inc. He and my man, Tony, Into the Dome, they do the weekly Hip Hop Now and This Year in Hip Hop podcast. And uh, every month, the three of us, me, Toad, and Vegas, do Championship Rounds boxing podcast. 
and is one of my favorite podcasts, but it's no longer my favorite podcast. These these musical tributes are my favorite podcasts. Man, I've talked a lot going down memory lane, so let me get a drink while Hogan plays the next song. Word is bone, you got six minutes on that Jack Kidd, that shit is real. Hey, yo, 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 check this shit out, man. Hey, yo, go, give me a cigarette, man. Yo, here you go, here you go, here you go. Yo, check it out, man. Check out what I got here, man. What is that? What? What's that? Yo, it's a letter I got from my man Nas, man. Word is bone. What it say? What up, kid? I know shit is rough doing your bitch. When the cops came, you should have slid to my crib. Fuck it, black, no time for looking back is done. Plus, congratulations, you know you got a son. I heard he looks like ya. Why don't your lady write ya? Told her she's a visit, that's when she got hyper. Flipping, talking about he act too rough. He didn't listen, he be ripping while I'm telling him stuff. I was like, yeah, shorty don't care. She a snake too. Fucking with the niggas from that fake crew that hate you. But yo, guess who got shot in the dome piece? Jerome's niece. On our way home from Jones Beach Club Plus Little Rob for selling drugs on the dime Hanging out with young thugs that all carry nines And nighttime is more tripe than ever What up with poor mega? Did you see him or y'all together? If sold in all the fort down Represent to the fullest Say what's up to Herb, Ice and Bullet I left for half a hundred in your commissary You was my nigga when push came to shove One what? One love One love One love Like the Mac, my army suit was black. We was chilling on these bitches 
where he pumped his loose cracks. I took the L when he passed it. This little bastard keeps me blasted. It's all talking mad shit. I had to school him, told him don't let niggas fool him. Cause when the pistol blows, the one that's murder be the cool one. Tough luck when niggas is fucked, families fucked up. Could have caught your man, but didn't look when you bust up. Mistakes happen, so take heed. Never bust up with the crowd. Get some soul or make the right man bleed. Shorty's laugh was cold blooded as he spoke so foul. Only 12 trying to tell me that he liked my style. Then I rose, wiping the blunt ass from my clothes and froze. Only to blow the earth smoke through my nose. And so, my little man, I'm a ghost. I broke. Left some shoes in his soul that he could tell if he chose. Words of wisdom from now, try to rise up above. Keep an eye out for dick, shorty. Walk one love. Man, 
Um, and, and it's also another example of the Reagan-Bush CIA crack epidemic and uh, attempted genocide on the black and Latin population of the United States. And you see all these young men going to prison. And you got the three strikes law. So three times you go. To, once you are in, convicted of a crime and you come out and you try to get a job, but once the job finds out that you're a convicted felon, Oh, I'm sorry. We don't hire convicts. We don't hire ex-cons. We don't hire felons. And eventually they get desperate. They go back to that same life and they get locked up again. Nas rose above all this, despite him being in that lifestyle, despite him growing up against uh, around this. He was able to get away from it and become his way out of it. <laughs> he he be, to become one of the all-time legendary musical icons. Forget hip hop. He's on that le- He's What I call him When it comes to music I did the basketball reference Where he's the Isaiah Thomas of hip hop Well Comes to jazz He's the Miles Davis of hip hop That's the best Comparison I could come up with Miles Davis was a Was a heavy deep thinker Who was fluid with his instruments Nas is fluid with his verbosity, with his verbal prose. Right. So this is uh this is the uh from the still the same album. Still right? from Illmatic. Yeah, and it's one love produced by the same guy who's doing the sample Q tip, uh the lead of the one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time, a tribe called Quest. Q tip is one of the greatest MC slash producers of all time. Talk about a man that could do it all. He produced damn near every one of Tribe Called Quest hits where he was the lead MC and he's the producer and he's the one who goes, One Love, One Love, which is a sample off of a legendary Houdini track from 1985 called One Love. One Love, you're lucky just to have just one love. Just once again, you see Nas paying homage to the hip hop greats of the past, does Nas, and you will see that again. Track? Does he do a track with uh, Q-Tip? This is the this is yeah, Q-Tip produced this song. Oh, you no, talking about I mean, them rapping together? Yeah. Man, you know what? Yeah, early signs of the man. I'm sure they have, because Q-Tip was there from Nas' career from day one. Maybe I wanted on one of their because. A Tribe Called Quest broke up for a very long time, and Q-Tip put out two or three solo albums, and maybe Nas did a guest appearance or two on one of them. Um, I'm going to guess, but I'm no hip-hop I hear story. Q-Tip in, in Nas. I mean, he definitely was influenced by him. You could guess. Yeah, you, you know what? I never thought about that. Yeah, there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That Queens-Long Island connection. Yeah, yeah. Just great flow. Right, they both had, he had a great flow, oh, too. Q-tip, he's a great Q-Tip's flow is ridiculous and original and original. Q-Tip, you never heard anybody like Q-Tip before Q-Tip. Nah, he's, he's, a, he's, he's one of the best I've ever heard. So, yes. Yeah, so. Oh, without a doubt. Now, I want to shout out to a, a few of my Philly brothers, a few of my Philly f- friends out there. Uh, my man, Jeremiah Deadman. From Philly, <clears throat> Edward Nigma, what's up, Eddie? 
one of the great barbers on the East Coast, the, the baddest barber in Philly, Toot the Barber. What's up, son? My man from Philly, Ryan, not swaggy. And my man, Mikhail Ice. So all, shout out to you five great brothers from Philly. Now Logan will lead us into the next song. Jackson's name and the Iron Sheik and oh, 
he comes up with this line that years later would be used by a uh, a, a basketball player, a, a huge basketball star. He goes, Nas is like the Afrocentric Asian, half man, half amazing. In 1999-2000, Vince Carter becomes one of the biggest stars in the NBA at that time because of his high rolling dunks, and his nickname is Half Man, Half Amazing. Well, Nas coined that term back in 1994. Vince, you owe owe, uh, owe Nas some money. But it just is incredible. The rhyme flow, the wordplay in this dad song, I love that. I love that, uh... That 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 hook da 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 da. da yeah, how about da, this line though? I drink Moet with Medusa, give her shotguns in hell from the splits that I lift and inhale. It ain't hard to tell, man. That's just I amazing. love that, yo. That's an amazing line. I'm just yeah. like then he goes, "You're still a soldier. I'm like Sly Stone and Cobra." <laughs> <laughs> Great reference, oh, man. man. Yeah. Oh man. Nas rap should be locked in a cell. It ain't hard to tell. This whole whole song is one great verse by another. He goes, not stories by Aesop. Remember Aesop fables. Place your fool up. Parties I shoot up. Nas, I analyze, drop a jewel, inhale from the L. School a a fool well. You feel it like Braille. It ain't hard to tell. Yeah, these are eight eight bar verses. Uh, they're not uh, sixteen. They're short. And is they're short to the point and memorable and incredible. And he's the only person that can pull this shit off. It's just sensational. Now that's a riff. I mean, that's a mix, uh, MJ riff, right? Uh, from um, Human Nature. Yeah, Human but I mean, Nature. Did Human he Nature. come up with that, or was that also a sample? No, that's that's the producer, uh, large okay. large professor. He produced this song and he used that he used that sample. So, uh, yeah, uh, great. This, I mean, this whole album is great. Hey, Illmatic, by the way, Illmatic. You had a documentary on the album. Time is Illmatic. You had in two thousand and eighteen, PBS produced a special with. The Kennedy Center Philharmonic, which is an orchestra, doing each one of these songs with Nas redoing the lyrics, and it's on an album. And it was the 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 entire concert was shown on PBS with a documentary with with Nas talking about back then and what 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 he was going through and why he came up with the song. It's called Nas Live at the Kennedy Center. And it's sensational. Nas in a tuck. Just looking like, man, who was he looking like? Uh, fucking Miles Davis. He was just, he was killing it. He is killing it. And um, you've got, that was a documentary concert. You got Time is Omatic and the Library of Congress and the Smithsonian both labeled Omatic a classic, right? Your favorite MC, none of the above. Okay. And you know who I'm talking about. I don't need to uh, name drop any names. Uh, Joe Camel. All right. We go. <laughs> <laughs> but he won. Hey, but didn't he win the battle or something? Like they had a battle. Right? I will and go. Like, 
we will get into that's probably part that's probably part three. Nas is part okay. three where we talk about the whole uh, Nas versus the man I sh- that shall remain nameless battle. Okay, I, I we're not mentioning camel toes today. All right. Okay. Uh, back to the <laughs> By the way, I'm gonna say it right. Now, I'm gonna mention his name right now. I have to be passionate about the musicians we talk about. Uh, Logan and I are passionate about. We're passionate about DMX and Pac and 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 Nas. We're passionate about Michael Jackson. We're passionate about Prince. We're passionate about Sade, right? Yeah. And we're pa- and we're passionate about Biggie. We're not passionate about the man that looks like a camel. Fuck him and fuck that motherfucking light skinned cat from Toronto who goes around and has other people write his fucking music. And he's making all this money, and he's hypnotized his pure young generation to think he's the greatest thing since shit, because he is shit. Fuck you, Drake. All right. Now that, now that that's off my chest. Drake, Drake is, Drake is this, is this generation's Jay-Z, oh, by the way. I, I will admit to that. I think I, I would I would take Jay Z over Drake any day. Oh, without without it, let me tell you something. If you had if a man had a gun to my head and said, "Look, you've got to do a show on Wonder," I would do Jay Z a million times before I do that fucking uh, piece of shit. All right, now I will be now. Let's let's clean this up. Let's make this a little bit classier. I will be shouting out some young ladies from all over the world. And this will make this uh, cla- uh, this 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 part much classier before uh, Logan goes to the next song. Our friend, our friend from the UK, the very young with the also yeah yeah yeah. Uh, she gave us the highest compliment. She sent me a DM last week, listening to the Tupac podcast, and she said that she's been listening at work every day uh, at lunch. And that listening to us two talk was like listening to two new friends. I loved it. That was so sweet. So shout out to Yeah 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 from the UK. Uh, shout out uh, to my uh, to my sister in Toronto, Caramel. And um, I apologize to her on Twitter saying I'm sorry I I, I ripped your hometown uh, hero Drake, and she started laughing. Please, I can only take him from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a shout out uh, to my sister out in Africa. She's American, but she's living in Africa. Cicely McLennan. Another podcast, I forgot to mention this young lady, Storm Jenkins, who was at the DMX concert at the Hammerstein Ballroom that I talked about on the DMX podcast. She covered it. She covered it as a reporter. Well, she's got a very excellent basketball podcast called Swagology. It's about basketball. Uh, just do a search on Apple Podcasts for Storm Jenkins. Highly recommend it. She's not, she doesn't act like Bill Simmons or Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless. She doesn't do this bullshit hyperbole. She just talks facts, numbers, and she analyzes the game. She doesn't try to make a, 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 a mullet out of, out of bullshit. She just, she goes Straight for the juggler, no hyperbole. And on the last one, my buddy from Seattle, Joanna Wick, and 
I congratulated her even though she ripped on me because she said I gave her man, her cousin, she's related to Javante Davis, and she knows we've been ripping on Javante, but congratulations to Javante. He was tremendous last night. And next Sunday on our boxing podcast, we'll be talking his fight and several other fights that happened the last month in boxing. So shout out to those young ladies uh, putting some class into this foul mouth podcast as I've been ripping people's assholes left and right. And now <laughs> we go on to the next song of the living legend, the Miles Davis, Isaiah Thomas of hip hop. Nah. Making moves in Atlanta back and forth, Kremlin. Cause you can have all the chips, 
be poor or rich, still nobody want a nigga have a shit. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I push the Q45 infinite. It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony. Strictly living longevity to the destiny I thought I'd never see, but reality struck. Better find out before your time's out. What the fuck? If I rule the world, imagine that. Imagine that. I free all my. Again, paying homage to the hip hop ancestors. That was a hit by Curtis Blow in late '85, early '86, off the success of the Crush Groove movie he co-starred in with the Fat Boys and Run DMC and Blair Underwood as Russell Simmons. And Russell Simmons wished he looked like Blair Underwood. Anyway, uh, fucking child pervert. Anyway, uh, back to a. Uh, it was a hit called I Rule the World, and they used Lauren Hill, who at this point in time was the hottest female act, and she would have that incredible album two years later, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which we could just do a podcast on that album and that album alone. Lauren Hill should have been an icon. She should have been an all-time great, a legend, but personal demons and personal affairs and... Her mental state got in the way of it, and to this day, damn, uh, 23 years later, that's still the only album she ever released. And in my opinion, it was the greatest single R&B album of the 1990s. Lauren Hill was a triple threat. She's the greatest female MC I ever heard with my own ears and saw with my own eyes. She's a tremendous MC. Her rhyme flow and her, and her style was impeccable. Tremendous actress. Sister Act 2, she was tremendous acting alongside Shirley Ralph and Whoopi Goldberg. Her live, I saw her live uh, oh. back in Vegas. She was fucking incredible. Man. She's, she's, a, she's an incredible... I, I saw her doing her, her Miseducation Lauren Hill tour, tour in 1999. It was her yeah, and Outcast. It was her and Outcast. Outcast tore it up, but then Lauren Hill came out and blew... The roof off the stage, and then uh, she allowed her husband to ruin her career, and she's never fully recovered, and it's a crime. You see uh, Alicia Keys and the new sensation Her, they owe their career to Lauren Hill because Lauren Hill paved the way for Alicia Keys or Her. Un- so she was married incredible. to a Marley, right? Yes, a Rohan Marley, who was a tremendous college football player. 
He played with The Rock and and Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis. Those Miami Hurricane teams were tremendous. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, by the way, was on was on those teams. And uh, I believe he tried. He wasn't drafted in the NFL. He might have had a cup of tea in the CFL, the Canadian Football League. Then he met Lauren, and uh, he finagled her and basically laid up laid up in bed while she was on tour and making all the money. He was banging broads left and right. And, you know, if, if I'm married to Lauren Hill, I'm being a house husband, my dick isn't going nowhere near another woman, right? fuck's wrong with this clown? Anyway, uh... And she had a lot of babies by the idiot. <sighs> but uh, let's get back to the song. This was the perfect pairing of two of the hottest acts in music, and it was a perfect pairing. And this was a political and a social message song. This is talking about a black utopia, a utopian society, if I ruled the world. And he just destroyed this song with, and talk about self-fulfilling prophecy. One of the first lines is uh, the legalization of weed, and it, it actually happens in real life. <laughs> wow, it's just, it, man, it's just this. This is just a sensational, sensational song. Oh, it another Scarface uh, reference. I take a glimpse at the time. Watch the blimp read. The world is mine. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, imagine smoking weed in the streets without cops harassing. Legalization of marijuana, which finally happened. Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle cruising blue behind my my waters. Oh, I love this line later on. I'd open every cell in Attica, send them to Africa. That's just brilliant. (laughs) Open every cell in Attica, send them. To Africa, this is a socially conscious, politically aware young brother who at this time, Logan, is only 21 years old. And he has more knowledge than people running uh, countries, people uh, running cities in the United States, people running guns. And this is a eighth grade dropout. Yeah, man. I make cigarette at Cock King, Mayor of the Cities. I love that. I love that. I love that. I make Coretta. Oh, man. No work releases. Purple M3s and jet skis. Feel the wind breeze in the West Indies. I'd make Coretta Scott King mayor of the cities and reverse themes to Willie's. But then he, you know, he, he has to do something sexual. It sounds foul, but every girl I meet to go downtown. <laughs> Which, uh, nah, you don't you don't need a perfect world for that to happen because there have been many a woman that would do that without the world you know without you having to rule the world. <laughs> By the way, I didn't mention this, but Nas is also one of the five biggest sex symbols in the history of hip hop because I'll admit he's a good looking dude, but it's his personality, Logan, that makes him better looking than what he is because he's laid back, he's not bombastic. Uh, he always talks calmly. You've never seen Nas in an interview just go off. He's just like, well, you know, uh, this is what happened, and um, I'm going to do this. He's always calm, laid back. Did he, did he always, ever do a movie? Always, yes. He, matter of fact, he was sensational in his, the last movie he appeared in. 
There's a movie on Netflix, and I highly recommend everybody to, to, to listen to it. And after you watch it, go to my brother's This Week in Culture on Apple Podcasts and listen to their review. Monster starring Kelvin Harrison, uh, the great uh, Jarrell Jerome, who was in the movie we uh, – the the miniseries that we covered, that, uh, When They See Us, he, he, he played the guy that – he played Corey, the one in which he won an Emmy for. Which he was back. He was in that movie, and um, Nas played a prisoner who helped the lead character Kelvin Harrison, who was on trial for his uh for his involvement in a murder. Um, he helped as an OG as a prisoner, making sure that he didn't get raped, that that he uh that that he stood his ground. Nas was tremendous, and it was his best acting performance to this date. And basically what Nas played was himself if he was in prison for life. He was he was tremendous. And so yeah, you could tell that he, he if he wanted to he could he, he could be a great actor, but music always comes first. But when he was young it looked like he wasn't doing like like Tupac was in a lot of movies and shit. He just well he was... did do he did do belly with DMX, he was the co-star of Belly with DMX, and he was only 24 at the time when he, when he um, when he filmed that movie. But that movie was horrible. That, that was <laughs> Belly, I never heard. And of he that. didn't do another movie after that for years, probably because of how bad that movie was. I mean, DMX was considered the star, but uh, Nas didn't get another movie for like five or six years after 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 that. Um, but he's gotten better, and he was. Tremendous in Monster. I just loved him in Monster. And, uh, and my girl, my lady, my girl, she's like, why didn't you tell me he was in Monster? As soon as I told her he was in she went and saw it. She called me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, you didn't tell me how good this movie was, how good he was. Baby, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, he was tremendous in that. And this is a great song. And uh, uh, produced by the Trackmasters, and this is the first song we talk about on the 25th anniversary of It Was Written. It Was Written is a masterpiece. It He, uh, he does crime stories. He does social message songs. This is one of three social message songs that we'll be talking about. I'm not with all that glitz and glamour. I mean, he's got some incredible stuff there, but I like to deal with real-life situations. And this song was dealing with, you know, I want a utopia, a, a, a society where the 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 have-nots get to be the haves, and that's what I love about this song. And Logan and I mentioned a bunch of lines in this song. I just love that I'd free every prisoner in Attica and send him to Africa. I'm just like, wow, that's just sensational. Well, I mean, he's he's highlighting the fact that. There's so many African Americans behind bars. And, right, yeah. right, right, right. And that's what I, and that's what I love about Nas is that throughout his entire career, he never he never stopped doing social conscious social conscious and political songs. He stayed doing them to his last album, King's Disease. He keeps doing even the god awful album he did with Kanye a couple of years ago. Uh they did a song about uh, uh, 
uh, Blacks Being Stopped by Cops. I forgot the name of it. That was the best of a very bad album. Uh, uh, Kanye and Nas did not have chemistry together. Kanye producing Nas. Um, they didn't have any chemistry together. Uh, maybe Kanye wasn't on his meds during those studio sessions. I, I uh, they're just know. different. They're so different stylistically. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, but you would think um, they have a lot coming. I mean, they're both students of the game. I mean, damn, they're both musical geniuses. I, I you would think, I they'd think find a, but then, but then me. again, then again, you make a good point. Nas and Dr. Dre did not, uh, 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 uh did not mix. Uh, they, they did not uh mix correctly. That's, they, surpri- they that's were, more surprising that they wouldn't mix. Yeah. They, and I'll, say, I'll I'll talk about that at the end of the show, uh, with the album that Dr. Dre produced that was a huge flop, with the firm Nas, Foxy Brown, uh, Nature and AZ. You got a uh, you got Nas, Foxy Brown and AZ. That's an all star team. How the f- and then you got Dr. Dre, one of the all time great producers. Man, how do you fuck that? <laughs> it, it 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 sucked. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was you took because he took these East Coast great rappers and he put the West Coast sound on them and and it didn't work. It just didn't work. So he didn't do this it's, next track we're gonna talk about. Uh, I thought that was his. The, the next track. The next track. What's the next track called? Um, Three Dreams. No, that's not it. That's 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 not. Dr. Dre doesn't produce anything on this album. This album is mostly uh, track masters. Track no, masters. The reason, uh, the reason I'm asking because it's the same beat. As- all Eyes on Me, but uh, Dre didn't produce All Eyes on Me. He produced a couple of songs on that album, but he didn't produce All Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me was produced by Johnny J. And, um, so how did they get after, to speak? After, uh, We'll talk about that after. Okay. We'll talk about that afterwards. Let me do a few shout outs and then we will get to Street Dreams. And uh, this is an incredible song too. And this is basically a uh, a crime story. This story this is him storytelling. All right, real quick. Hey man, these are some good brothers here. Churchill Pearl, my man stimulated. What's up, baby stimulus? Uh Buddy X, Mike Troy eighty one on Twitter. My man Malcolm and my man Dredd, both of these dudes, if you try and spout racism on Twitter, they will come at you and they will embarrass you to the point where you will delete your account. I've seen it happen too many times. (laughs) And my brother from Brooklyn, great young photographer, a former veteran, just like uh, Buddy X of the, the military, Anthony Gathers and um I'm hoping that uh he wants to he wants to be a photographer at AEW's uh show that's coming to Queens at the US Open Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um uh, couple of guys, couple of ladies on Twitter got to him and said they'll see what they could do. I'm hoping I'm hoping he gets to do that cuz the man is a very talented young photographer. That's the end of the shout outs for this for this uh uh section of of the program. And we go on to Street Dreams, which had a great video. The video was completely ripped off Casino. Even had our man Frank Vincent in the video. Street Dreams, <laughs> 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 
My man put me up for the share. One fourth of a square. Headed for Delaware with one change of gear. Nothing on my mind but the dimes that we blaze. With the glaze in my eye that we find when we crave. Dollars and cents. A fugitive with two attempts. Jake's had no trace of the face. Now they drew a print. Though I'm innocent. To proven guilty. I'ma try to get filthy. Purchase a club and start up a real For real, G. I'ma fulfill my dream. If I can seal my scheme. Then precisely I build my cream. The first trip without the click. Sent the bitch with the quarter brick. This is it. Fresh face. NY Place got a crooked eye for the Jakes. I want it all, armor on bins and endless tapes. God's sake, what a nigga gotta do to make a half a million without the FBI catch a feeling. Yo, 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 come on, though. Oh, shit. 
Yo, we gotta get yo. up out of here, yo. Yo, you think somebody peeped that? Yo, hell yeah, I'm saying, yo, as long as we get rid of, get rid of the heat, yo. Fuck that. Get rid of that heat, yo. Cash got a stop. Come on, I threw that. You gotta bounce, yo. Let's bounce. <laughs> I, I love the old school slag. I used to, hey, you think anybody peeped that? Now, controversy of this song, and Pac felt that Nas totally ripped off his All Eyes on Me beat. It was a total coincidence. This is not the first time in hip-hop that two artists used the same sample at the same time. And it didn't. It, 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 Nas couldn't have stolen the sample of, a, a bit off bit off of, of All Eyes on Me because they were both producing these albums at the same time on different sides of the United States, one in L.A., one in New York. Uh, Trackmasters, Ponent Toke of Trackmasters, the, the track, the producer, the production duo that oversaw this song and 90% of the, uh, it, it was written out, said that now it was a coincidence. Pac started uh, ripping Nas, and Nas always was a fan of Pac, and he felt that they were kindred spirits. And not, not even a week, a few days before Pac died, the MTV Music Awards happened on... The Monday before the Tyson fight, two, three, four, five, September second or September third. It was either Monday or Tuesday before Tupac got shot in New York, Radio City Music Hall. Tupac and Nas met in Central Park, and they talked about their beef, and they came to a sign of respect. And it was led to believe, and Nas to this day still believes that had Tupac had not been murdered, that they would have done records together and it would have been amazing it would have been oh some of the greatest shit you could i yeah. could just ima- imagine the imagine the recording sessions with dumb two unfucking believable uh cointelpro would be working overtime trying to murder them at the same time um right so now, that was when... a, that, that was a coincidence and it's not the first time two of the greatest records of the mid 80s the mid to late 80s uh Overweight Love in the House by Heavy D and the Boys, and I Ain't No Joke by Rakim, both have the same sample, the same exact sample. Just the same exact sample. What's it the happened. sample though in this one? Where where is it from? Um, not the Eurythmics, not the Eurythmics, because he had to get. Matter of fact, Nas has said that the Eurythmics. Uh, Basically got most of the profit off this song because of their publishing in order for it to be clear. Um, I'm trying to remember Linda. It's a woman named Linda. I'm doing everything off the top of my head. So uh, Linda Stafford, uh, I'm not sure, but she had a song and that sample was used for both Street Dreams and All Eyes on It's a great, it's a great bass line. I'm going to play a couple bars from this uh, Tupac version just so you can hear Yeah, it. go ahead. Go ahead and we'll talk on the other side of it. Go ahead. Yeah. Big sight. <laughs> New. Hank. Big yeah. Y'all know how this thing go. You know. All eyes on me. <laughs> Roll up in the club. Yeah, right. All eyes on me. I bet you got it twisted, you don't know who to trust So many player-hating niggas tryna sound like us Say they ready for the bump, but I don't think they know it Straight to the depths of hell is where them cowards going well, all-
anyway, just get an idea. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the same same exact beat. It's a coincidence. And um, you know what? It's what happens when you deal with geniuses. Sometimes, even on opposite sides of the damn country, they come up with similar ideas. Uh, the video for this song is tremendous. It's basically the ripoff of Casino with Frank Vincent playing his casino role. And Nas is like a combination of the De Niro and Pesci character. Absolutely. And this, I mean, his whole thing with this is like, it's, he's really documenting the street life here. I mean, that's, I think this is probably one of his best songs because it's just so it's, rich. It's one, it's one of the biggest hits of his career. Yeah. This no is, question. This is Nas. This is Nas at his peak. This is not Nas at this point in time. When it comes to New York rappers, the only other rappers on his level in 1996 are in New York. In New York only is Biggie and the Wu Tang Clan. Biggie, Wu Tang, and Nas were running the New York uh, music scene, the New York hip hop scene in 1996. Nas was on top of the world, and um, he'd fall off a bit. Because of dealing with Dr. Dre, and it, it, that that pushed them back, that pushed them behind in the pecking order when, when a certain camel started to uh, elevate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, let me do some shout outs, and then we will go on to the next record, and um the uh. The remainder of the show is going to be some deep shit. Uh, these records are are, are, are deep. Uh, real quick, wish I had met Tupac. Totally love our Tupac uh, podcast. I told you he's a bigger Tupac fan than you and I combined. That dude will go to war against anybody on social media when it comes to Tupac. My brother's from New Orleans, Yensei. Yen, Yensei, what's up, Yensei? What's up, my man? Uh, my man, Pay So Hard, loyal listener. He listens to our boxing podcast and our musical tributes. And another brother that listens to all our boxing podcasts, Kobe Jackson. And I want to send a special shout-out. I don't know where this young lady lives, but I know she's a social justice warrior. And her name on Twitter is Trite Trite. That's T-R-I-T-E. T-R-I-T-E. The other day, the other day, listen to this, Logan. The other day I'm on Twitter, and this racist bastard that for some reason I was following claimed that the NBA lost popularity because they became too political. So I challenged him. I told him how the NBA is not a number two sport after baseball. He goes, oh, no, it used to be, but now MLB is more popular than baseball. I said, Motherfucker, Trout is the best player in baseball, and if he walked through Harlem, everybody would think he's an undercover cop. He gets no endorsements. Meanwhile, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Chris Paul is Mr. is on all the commercials with Jake from State Farm. All right, he's Mr. State Farm. What the fuck are you talking about? And then I talked to him. Then I told him about stop and frisk and how doing stop and frisk in the Giuliani administration, I was stopped eight times. Oh. This is his answer. And this is after this, I cursed his ass out and blocked him. He goes, well, stop and frisk is not racially motivated. <laughs> oh, man. 
when the officer stopped you eight when the officer stopped you eight times, did you ask him why you why they stopped stopped him? I said I was taught by my father when an officer stops you, you ask no questions because when you ask a question, you get a bullet to the head. You stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, when I was doing that, after I was doing that, and by the way, uh, and I'll mention his name because the there's some wrestling fans that listen to him and. This guy was a friend of Dave Meltzer's. I don't know why. They're not politically on the same planet. Ben Miller. Now, Trite, Trite, uh, thank you for backing me up on that. And now we go on to the next song. Uh, what's the next song called? I Gave You Power. Oh, man. This is an analogy to the 10th, to the 10th power. I Gave You Power is an analogy to the 10th power. Listen to the song. And there is so much to uh, unpack about this incredible song. Might be, might be the greatest story Nas ever told in his entire career. That's saying a lot. Damn. Look how motherfuckers use a nigga. Just use me for whatever the fuck they want. I don't get to say shit. Just grab me. Just do what the fuck they want. Sell me. Throw me away, niggas just don't give a fuck about a nigga like me, right? Like I'm a, I'm a gun, shit. It's like I'm a motherfucking gun. I can't believe this shit. World up, World up. I seen some cold nights and bloody days. They grab me in bullet spray. They use me wrong, so I sing this song to this day. My body is cold steel for real. I was made to kill. That's why they keep me concealed. Under car seats, they sneak me in clubs. Been in the hands of mad thugs. They feed me when they load me with mad slugs. Seventeen precisely, one in my head. They call me Desert Eagle. Send me auto with lead. I'm seven inches, four pounds. Been through so many towns. Ohio to Little Rock to Canarsie. Living harshly, beat up and battered. They pull me out, I watch these niggas scattered Making me kill, but what I feel, it never mattered When I'm empty, I'm quiet Finding myself feeling to be fired A broken safety niggas place me in shells Under bed, so I beg for my next owner to be a thoroughbred Keeping me full up with hollow heads How you like me now? I go loud, it's this shit that moves crowds Making every ghetto foul I might have took your first child Scarred your life, crippled your style I gave you power, I made you buck wild How you like me now? I go loud, it's that shit that moves crowds, making every ghetto foul. I might have took your first child, scarred your life, crippled your staff. I gave you power, I made you buck wild. Always I'm in some shit, my abdomen is the clip, the barrel's my dick. Uncircumcised, pull my skin back and cock me, I bust off when they unlock me. Results of what happens to niggas shock me. I see niggas bleeding, running from me in fear. Stunningly tears fall down the eyes of these so-called tough guys. For years I've been using robberies, giving niggas heart to follow me. Placing peoples in graves, funerals made cause I was sprayed. I was laid in a shelf with a grenade, met a wrecked up tech with numbers on his chest that say 5209385 and had a serial to face, hoping one day police would place where he came from. A name of some sort of person to claim him. Tired of murdering, made him wanna be a plain gun. But yo, I had some other plans. Like the next time the beef is on, I make myself jam right in my owner's hand. How you like me now? I go blab with that shit that moves crowds, making every ghetto foul. I might have took your first child, scarred your life, or crippled your staff. I gave you power, I made you buck wow. How you like me now? I go blab with that shit that moves crowds. Making every ghetto foul I might have took your first child Scarred your life or crippled your staff I gave you power I made you buck wild Yo, weeks went by and I'm surprised Still stuck in this shelf With all the things that an outlaw hides Besides me is bullets Two vests and then a nine Is a grenade 
in a box And that jack that kept crying Cause he ain't been cleaned in a year He's rusty, it's clear He's about to fall to pieces Cause of his murder career Yo, I can hear somebody coming in Open his shelf, his eyes bubbling He said it was on I felt his palm troubled him, shaking Somebody stomped him out, his zone was aching He placed me on his waist the moment I've been waiting My creation was for blacks to kill blacks It's death like me to accidentally go off Making niggas memories But this time it's done intentionally He walked me outside, saw the cat Caught me back, said remember me He pulled the trigger but I held on It felt wrong, knowing niggas is waiting in hell for him He squeezed harder, I didn't budge Sick of the blood, sick of the thugs Sick of rap for the next man's grudge What the other kid did was pull out No doubt, I knew of me in better shape Before he lit out, he led the chase My owner fell to the floor, his wig split So fast, I didn't know he was hit It's over with, heard mad niggas screaming Niggas running, cops is coming Now I'm happy until I felt somebody else grab me Damn Incredible story, only Nas could come up with that analogy of him being a gun. And um, DJ Premier produced this track, and DJ Premier had to practically beg Nas to to not say gun. He wanted Nas to just do the rap and people use their imaginations and, and realize that, oh, he's saying that he's a gun but Nas was like no no let me put it out there at the beginning and the song was so powerful that Premier said all right okay never mind go ahead and um put put it at the beginning of the song and then we won't reference it again we'll just do the rhymes but you know what Nas didn't need to put a Nas didn't have to say I'm a gun at the beginning of the song he clearly states that he's a gun without having to say he's a gun yeah, another another similarity with Tupac who did Me and My Girlfriend, which was about his gun. Yeah, there so. you go. There you go. There you go. They just, you know, like-minded fools. And uh, Me and My Girlfriend will be a part of the second part two of the Tupac podcast that we'll be doing in September. But, wow, this is just incredible. And the words in this song, my creation was for blacks to kill Blacks goes back to Reagan, Bush, and CIA, where not only did they flood our communities with crack, they flooded our communities with assault weapons and assault rifles and guns galore. Oh, man. Besides me, it's bullets, two vests, and then a nine. There's a grenade in a box and that tech that keeps crying because he ain't been clean in a year. He's rusty as clear. He's about to fall to pieces because of his murder career. This gun that Nas is portraying is heartbroken, and he's he wants to change his life. But he keeps being used to kill. He keeps being used to kill, and the main thing is for blacks to kill blacks. He's a weapon of society, and he's a weapon of he's a weapon of the powers to be. To commit genocide I mean and he goes to Oh this is this is great right here The barrel is my dick Uncircumcised Pull my skin yeah. back and cock me I bust off when they unlock me Man this is a Lyrical genius This man right here he, he, He's the lyrical He's the lyrical Shakespeare Unfucking real Nobody today could come up with shit like this unless they rip this <laughs> old shit off. Man. 
the fuck out of here. Yeah. This man is a, the living legend. The living legend, Nazir Jones. Unbelievable. And I love at the end, at the end of the song, when it looks like he's about to have a happy ending, he goes, uh, cats like me that accidentally go off, make it ends memories. But this time, it's done intentionally. He walked me outside, saw this cat, cocked me back, said, remember me? He pulled the trigger, but I held on. It felt wrong. Knowing ends is waiting in hell for him, he squeezed harder. I didn't budge. Sick of the blood. He's sick of killing. Sick of the thugs. Sick of, of wrath of the next man's grudge. What the other kid did was pull out, no doubt. On you and me in better shape. The other gun is on you and him in better shape. Before he lit out, he led the chase. My owner fell to the floor. His wig split so fast, I didn't know he was hit. It's over with. Heard Mad End screaming, ends running, cops is coming. Now I'm happy because he thinks he's free at last, but he's not. Until I felt somebody else grab me. Damn, the killing continues. <laughs> yeah. fucking real. This is incredible storytelling. This is incredible writing and, man... This man is a fucking genius. Unreal. Was, was there a video for this? No, no, they would never make him. No, they of course they'll make him. I'm surprised they made a video for uh, If I Ruled the World because that was a very beautiful video done with him and Lauren Hill. It's just dumb to her singing and him rapping, and they're talking about you know the the Black Utopia. And you had the Street Dreams video with the whole casino tie-in. But no, they're not making a video for this song. This this is too powerful. No, and plus by this time, Logan, guns were banned from music videos. So there's no you couldn't do a video because the the metaphor, the analogy, the gun you can't you can't use it. Uh, you could probably do it without showing a gun, just showing people pointing something. Yeah, it wouldn't um, be the same. You need the image. You need the visual of the gun. You need the vision. But you agree, right? He didn't have to put gun at the beginning of the... Oh, no. It's very clear what he was saying. Um, He's clear and concise. He paints a perfect picture. (laughs) Okay, so let's go to the next... To me, this is his most powerful story. But before we go, let me do a a few more shout-outs. Who am I up to now? Okay, all right. My brother from St. Louis. I'm sorry, Alvin Lewis. I said you were from Chicago last time. No. My brother from St. Louis, Alvin Lewis, who uh, painted a beautiful portrait of my lady a few months back for Mother's Day. A couple of uh, wrestling journalists that work with me on the Fight Game Media. Uh, Parker and my man uh, Mike Gilbert, the Combat Republic. BJ Austin, been listening to our pods. And... A young lady who I shouted out on the last time, a tremendous teacher out in Texas, Nikki Black Butterfly. She thoroughly loved our Tupac podcast, and she's looking forward to hearing us about Nas, talking about this podcast, talking about his The Living Legend. And we go on to another powerful song on It Was Written. And um, those who say It, it Was Written was better than Illmatic, I can't argue when you listen to the stuff that we're talking about right now, to me, they're on the same level. I would, 
I, I've told people this with Illmatic, it, it was written. It's like I'm a father, and these are my two sons. I love them both dearly. Hello? What's up, girl? Ain't nothing. This nigga ain't here stressing, talking that old off the wall, back to Africa shit again. What, that guy body shit? Yeah, that dumb shit. I'm trying to get up out of here. I hear that. But yo, you know the spot is pumping tonight. Word? For real, where? You know, where the real niggas is popping the crystal. Not that white stuff. Word, where the real niggas at? Thug style, link rockin', the mink coppin', hit you on a sink, a hundred dollar drink poppin', the head to make you take them shopping, the foul doctrine, reminiscent of my first time, I been a chick, you was innocent, but now you rent a dick, we're the tightest shit, Chanel lookin' real, airbrush nails, hit the gym, hit the scales, heaven sent, but negligent, to see your prophecy, your ebony tone is lockin' me, the way you moan, make me daydream, or you on top of me, wishing I could be the one man, but you juggle way too many willies all in one hand, you wanna run up in clubs, getting rough. On. Niggas pull your hair, shake your fat rear, get your fuck on Following week, you back there, but what you stuck on? Weed, clouds, and cars, puffin' with some little nigga Husband not knowing she's down, cause you believe Eve Mother Earth for the seed, niggas thirst you You just let them hurt you and leave What up, mom, frontin' like you naive? Push a man's whip, callin' police when you flip, can't understand it Yo, it should be a throne for us But for now, that's a whole different zone from us World Time is all shinin', lookin' low fun Pretty little face Get a little high Young girl struggling Trying to survive Mother of the ocean Made you and I Grow up girl and said you want revenge So now you act the nicest So who's ever getting down to trifles To get his mind all you do is give him something priceless Cousin Tom here realized the thighs is all he need More than weed Then you hit him off with lies and greed There you go again starting wars Making me more yours Seem to get a kick out of keeping me on all fours Face listening I'm addicted to you Original wisdom body got me picturing you Igloos the ice tricking on you You never listen to this nigga spinning Franklin's or tennis anklets Must have had a bad day in the past though, can't even keep it real with a nigga with cash flow, say men are all the same, what we need to do is break this chain, you gotta jump part time and school's your night thing, with dreams to settle down, it ain't far from now, you getting interviews, but your boss is into getting screwed, typical days that the black girl sees, coming home wanting more from a college degree, Niggas are where the coke is, nice to thug like niggas Yo, you seem hopeless, your value Too much to be measured, I wonder how you Could ever be played, your pussy worth gold amounting to More than the world, but not knowing nothing about you You leaving the crib, taking all your kids out to Drop them off, letting some nigga knock you off So hot and soft, that's the same thing that got you lost Growing up, seeing it, it should remind you You being lied to, everything that moved be inside you Sacred as you are, left with these wannabes to guide you I watched you, hard to knock you, I try not 
want to They spot you, I dance the topless in your drawers Damn, look, there goes a black girl lost I have known so many women like the women Nas described in this powerful, powerful song. Um, the son, uh, the uh, the mother of my son, was exactly like the women he's talking about in this song. And I described early in the show exactly what which what she went through and how she ended up. And nine times out of ten. Of all the women that I've known like this, they've all had a similar, similar fate where they either wound up homeless, out on the street being a prostitute, nine kids from six different men, just dire, dire circumstances. Because when they were 16, 17, 18, 19, and their body developed, and they had the fat ass and the big titties and the pretty face, and old dudes at 25, 30 years old talk about, hey, baby, what's up? And I'll, I'll do anything for you. And they wind up like this. The beginning of the song, Logan, the girl is dating a dude who's pro-black, looking to uh, better himself, and she's mocking him. He's talking that back-to-Africa bullshit. I'm going out to the club where the real ends are. And... Nas describes the entire story of what happens to these women. And the end of the song, he's talking about how people saw her stripping in the club topless. But she, it sounded like she was his woman. No, No, it sounded like she was messing with him behind her husband's back. Remember, husband not knowing where you are. Okay, so he was just another but she, one of her. But she, she's going, she's, he, she was just one of her trick daddies. He was just another one of her trick daddies. Got basically. it. And so, but he, and he sees out, women. he kind of falls in love with her a little bit. Yeah, he even says first. that. In the, the, and also, Nas is singing his ass off in this song. All you, all these motherfuckers out here, these young people talking about, Drake was the first rapper to sing on a song. I don't know where you got that from because Curtis Blow and the Sugar Hill Gang and the Force MDs were all singing when they were rapping in the early 80s. So I don't know what you're smoking. But Nas killed it, and the guy who sings the hook is JoJo Haley from the legendary group Jodeci and from Casey and Jojo who had who sang lead on that incredible song back in 1997 that I believe was one of the biggest hits in 1997 remember All I Need uh that was a great song and um he kills it Black Girl Lost but uh Nas diamonds in the back Nas singing his ass off and, and um I'm not sure if Nas wanted to sing, but they had to coax him into doing it. 
because uh, you know, of his image, but man, Nas killed that song. This is an incredible song. It's a sad song. It's a heartbreaking song, but the song tells a truth that continues to this day because if you look today, prostitution has seeped into social media with Instagram chicks, um, um, uh, women with their OnlyFans accounts where they charge men money so they can see them naked. What the fuck is that? Dude, I mean, it's, I mean, you go onto Instagram. I don't know if any of you've ever been to uh, Amsterdam. There's like a red light district there where the women appear in these windows. I mean, to me, that's what it is. It's like a prostitution ring, the whole thing, man. Cause you're hey, right, you noticed that? Fans. Yeah, you noticed that at the beginning of the song when she's talking to a girlfriend. In the background, there's a news report of a of 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 a of a murder. Yeah. That that's just sensational storytelling. But back to Amsterdam, what do you what do you mean? In Amsterdam, the red light district. Yeah, they have like windows where women, you know, hot women just you go there and you can just open the door and go in and fuck them. And to me, like Instagram is basically like a virtual version of that. And so is um, and and I, and I understand. So is OnlyFans. Well, OnlyFans is even. I mean, that's on like you're paying for it but these women that are on Instagram I mean I don't know what else they're trying to do except get somebody to cough up some money because they're like putting out these thirsty photos and it's just like what what's the point of this like <laughs> well there, there's there, there, there's a lot of thirsty men that live in their mother's basements that haven't had pussies since they came out their mother's pussy and so you know they 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 uh, they are the paying audience. <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean it's really the OnlyFans stuff, but I think they're also if someone came along with some real money, just be like, hey, a million dollars, they'd do it. You know, they'd fuck. You know, and you know what? That's when these women take a chance with their lives because they're looking at the money. Perfect example. You have an OnlyFans page, and then one of your subscribers says, you know, I'm tired of looking at your pictures. I want to. What what does it cost for me to be inside you? And the woman, you know, she, she she doesn't care. She's a step away from prostitution. She's like, oh, such and such. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to send you a plane ticket, and I'm gonna hook you up with a hotel room. And um, you never hear from that woman again. Oh yeah, that I'm sure yeah. it's. it's yeah. I'm sure that's yeah. happened several times. Oh my god. I love a young, wild, beautiful love child. You like them thug style, link rocking, then mink copping. All about the dollars. Hit, hit you on the sink, a hundred dollar drink popping. The head will make you take him shopping. She sucks your dick, <laughs> and the man loses his mind and gives her the world. A foul doctrine. Yeah, this is a foul doctrine. Man, the wordplay that fucking nods. Oh, reminiscent of my first time up in the chick. You was innocent, but now you rent a dick where the tightest shit. You a prostitute. Rent a dick. You a prostitute. Man, this is a deep song. One of the deepest songs he's ever written, along with I Gave You Power. I Gave You Power and Black Girls Lost. Unreal. Now, real quick. Tupac died September 13th. That night, I'm at the Nassau Coliseum with my girlfriend at the time. Nas is on stage. 
And in the middle of his performance, he stops. And Lover gets on the stage. And then Lover says, Nas wanted me to let everybody know that we've got bad news. And I was like, oh, shit, I know what this is. And that's when they announced to the entire Nassau Coliseum audience there at the concert that Tupac had died. And, man, my heart sunk. And I couldn't. And I couldn't enjoy the rest of the concert. And look at the concert. You had Nas, Keith Sweat, the Fugees, SWV. These are the hottest acts at the time. And, man, I just couldn't stomach it. I just couldn't stomach it. I couldn't wait for that shit to be over. So I go, oh, man. And, you know, Nas had just spoken to the brother in Central Park the night of the Radio City Music Hall uh, 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 uh MTV Music Awards at Radio City Music Hall. So uh, that was crazy. And bringing everything back, the following day, September 14th, was Nas's 22nd birthday. Damn. <laughs> Let me do some final shout-outs before we... Oh, before the shout-outs. After the the incredible success of this album... Nas did a deal with Dr. Dre and Aftermath Records where The Firm, a hip-hop group consisted of him, Foxy Brown, AZ, and originally called Mega, a guy that Nas mentioned in uh, One Love, right? Uh, when he came out of prison, Nas put him on, and Nas was going to have him in The Firm, a super rap group that Dre would produce. Well, uh, during this, uh, halfway through the sessions, Cormega was fired, and they replaced him with a rapper called Nature. And the album came out, I believe, in 1998, and it was horrible. It was horrible. There was only two songs on there worth the wait, worth that were great. Phone Tap will be playing at the end of the show. That's a tremendous record with AZ and Nas going back and forth, like the the chemistry that's unmatched. Foxy's not in that song. And then the one great song with Foxy, Nas, and AZ called Firm Biz Baby, which is not available on Apple Music. So we won't be playing that on the next Nas part. When we go to part two, we're going to totally skip the Firm because that was a train wreck. It was trash. I don't know what Dr. Dre was snorting at the time. I don't know what was going on. But that, that album was trash, straight trash. You wasted three of the greatest MCs of that era. Foxy Brown. Oh, wait, where's, where's affirmative action? Affirmative action is what Dre heard and thought, man, I could I could do something with this. Affirmative action was on, it was written, but that was originally okay. produced by Trackmasters. That wasn't a Dr. Dre uh, a song. But that's affirmative fucking, action. That song. I'm surprised you didn't put that song on here because that song I, was. I really... wanted to, but man, I, I I had to put "Black Girl Lost" and 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 um, I gave you power on there. Affirmative action is your is your typical crime story. We've done enough of those. I wanted, you know, you know, I I I lean heavily towards social conscious music, political music, and that's where the genius of Nas really shines. He's a great storyteller. Oh, by the way, in this song. I hear a lot of Slick Rick in this song. Slick Rick was a master storyteller. And the way Nas is flowing kind of reminds me of Slick Rick from a teenage love. A teenage, don't, don't, don't hurt me again. 
They they go the 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 greats heavily influenced Nas. All right, I'm gonna do my final shout outs. Uh, next month we will be coming back sometime in the middle of August with the Prince tribute uh, show, and this will only be looking at Prince's ballad. Prince has done every type of music: rock, soul, dance, heavy metal. Prince's submit of ultimate. Uh, artists when it comes to doing different type of genres. But one thing that is overlooked throughout his career is the incredible balladeer Prince has been. Prince has written and sung some of the greatest love songs in the history of music. And that's what we'll be looking at. Prince love songs sometime in the middle of August is when we come back with the legendary purple one, Prince. All right. Real quick, I'm going to run off these uh, shout-outs. From Chicago, my buddy Shay Jones loves God more on Twitter. Uh, Jay Baby is young man who always asks questions. He doesn't assume things, and he does his research. Uh, Two dudes from overseas, Duan from Ireland, and, of course, our man, the White Mamba from Britain. What's up, Mark Red? My fellow uh, Harlemite, Fat Man Sue, Supreme Son, Black Rob, what's up, Black Rob? A young lady that I've bought a lot of candles off of the last few months, Rocco the Don. My brother from Tennessee, Michael Angel. My brother from New Orleans, Gangster Lectual. My brother from Newark, LT the Legend. My man, I've seen the great. DS2, DS2 from Detroit, and last but not least, my man from New Jersey, the real Hugo. Logan, play the message. We'll talk on the other side. Fake dub, no love, you get the slug, CB4 gusto, your luck low, I didn't know till I was drunk though, you freak niggas played out, get fucked and ate out, prostitute turned bitch, I got the gauge out, 96 ways I made out, Montana way, the good F-E-L-L-A, verbal AK spray, dip the test, jump out the range, empty out the ashtray, a glass of Zay, making mad cashes, play red dot plots, murder schemes, 32 shotguns, regulate with my thun, 17 rocks, gleam for one ring, you let me let y'all niggas know one thing, one life, one love, so there can only be one king. The highlights of living, Vegas style, roll dice and linen, and terror spinning on millenniums. 20 G bets, I'm winning them, threats, I'm sending them. Lex with TV sets the minimum, ill sex, adrenaline, party with villains. A case of demisected, chase the henny, wet any click. With the semi check, who want it? Diamonds, I'm flaunting. Chicken heads block, I lace them. Fried broil with basil, taste them. Crack the legs way out of formation. It's horizontal how I have them. Fucking me in the bench wagon. Can it be vanity from last dragon? Grab your gun, it's on, no shit is grimy. Real niggas fucking broad daylight. With the broke Mac, it won't spray right. Don't give a fuck who they hit, as long as the drama's lit. Yo, overnight thugs bug, cause they ain't promise shit. Hungry ass hooligans, stay on that piranha shit.
I was in the Jeep, sunk in the seat, tenant with heat, beats bumping. Across the street, you was wildin', talking about how you ran to Allen in 89. Playing up, playing the yard with crazy shine. I caught the baby nine, that nigga's gravy mine. Clinked him, what was he thinking on my corner when it's baby time? Dug him, you owe me cousin, something told me plug him. So he come, felt my leg burn, then it got numb. Spun around and shot one, heard shots and dropped, son, caught a hot one. Somebody take this fish before the cops come. Then they came asking me my name, what the fuck? I got stitched up and went through, left the hospital that same night, what? Got my gap back, time to backtrack, I had to drop, so how the fuck I get clapped? Black was in the Jeep watching all these scenes speed by, was a brown Datsun. And yo, nobody in my hood got one, that clown niggas through, blazing at his crew daily. The bridge touched me up to barely hit me, so when I rhyme, it's sincerely yours. Fake thug, no love. You got, you get the slug. CB4 gusto. Nah, nah. This is a crime story. He's talking about a, 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 he's talking about somebody that he's up against. It's got nothing to do with Tupac. Fake thug, Tupac no love. You was get the... called a fake thug. I remember during that beefing, he was called a fake thug because they're like, oh, he ain't. Yeah, even but a remember, remember, remember when when Nas is recording this album. It's at the same time Tupac is recording All Eyes on Me. It's at the same time. Nas is, Nas is writing crime stories or stuff that he's dealing with in real life. He's not going at somebody. If, if he's going right. at in anybody. The, but in Tupac's song that in Machiavelli where he's like the truest shit I ever wrote or whatever. Up yeah, you know, studio, it's funny. It was, it's funny. It's, he wanted that song removed after he met up with Nas and spoke, spoke it out with Nas. But he was murdered, and Suge went ahead and, and, and released it anyway. He wanted that. <laughs> he wanted that. He wanted that line to be deleted from that song. Had he still been alive, that song would have came out. That would have been deleted. Because he puts in there, he's like, "You, you talk, talk about you left the hospital, took five like me. What's the hospital, Nas? I checked your deposit. You know, like we shook Jay's punk no, ass. He, see, out of the club. Yeah, because he, he's going, he's going at this song, but this isn't. This isn't. Nah, saying something that happened to him in real life. This is him telling a crime story, like like uh, DMX would do later on, and um, several uh, Jay Z, several rappers, uh, Biggie would do crime stories. They had nothing. 
It had nothing to do with what their real life. It was, you know, some fantasy island shit. That's what this song's about. And, and Tupac did the same thing. All Eyes on Me is a bunch of fantasy crime stories. <laughs> oh, of course. I know. We'll talk he about that. We'll, we'll talk about, yeah, I mean, it's a, you, you, you have creative control and you use the creativity. That's why they call stories. They're storytelling. You, you, you're, 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 um, what you call it? Uh, embellishing something that might have happened to you in real life and making it far more creative and uh, far more extravagant. Yep. All right. Here we go. So, uh, uh, go party with villains, a case of demi sec to, to chase the henny, wet any click with the semi tech who want it. Diamonds I flown it, chicken heads flock I lace them, fried broil with basil, taste them crack the legs. <laughs> it's just, it is just incredible. Oh, when he goes, good fellas, the good F E L L A verbal A K spray, just incredible, incredible lyricism, just on a man on his own. When it comes to uh, when it comes to storytelling, he he's on parallel and. I will end this podcast saying that, in my opinion, greatest MC ever to come out of New York, and my two favorite MCs of all time, he's number two, after Pac, and followed by DMX. Those are my three favorite MCs. Is why these three shows that we've done, we've been so passionate about, is because we love these dudes. These are musical geniuses. These are dudes that rap from the heart. And the difference between the three of them is their mannerisms. Pac and DMX were just aggressive all the time. They what you see is what you get. Nas, you know, he he kept he, he kept the ace in the in the card deck. He was laid back, and you never know with Nas if he's angry or if he's happy. He keeps that same poker face all the time. The living legend. The Isaiah Thomas, Miles Davis of hip-hop. It's been my pleasure to do this show with Logan, celebrating part one of what will be four parts of the living legend story, Nazir Ben Oladaru Jones. All right. So here we go, and we'll be back with the next installment when? Next month, we will be doing Prince. As far as Nas Part 2, I think it'll be December. Because we have, real quick, uh, uh, July is Nas, of course. We're doing this. It's being released July 2nd. August is Prince. September is Tupac Part 2. October is Sade. November is Michael Jackson. And December will be Nas. So there you go. We'll be back with Part 2 of Nas's career in December. But we will okay, not so be going till November. <laughs> okay, here we go with phone tap. Peace, man. We'll talk soon. Talk to you soon, baby. Yo, this Yo, this Sesco. Who this? What's the dilly? I just touched grounds down to Philly. Bought a pound with me. Fast floating around Philly. Trying to find land. Bitch supposed to be in the bed. Parked the road.
They want, huh? This is what it's all about. Wow, time to take affirmative action, son. Cause just don't understand, you know what I mean? Niggas coming sideways, thinking something sweet, man. You know what I mean? Niggas don't understand the four devils. Lust, envy, hate, jealousy. 
wicked niggas. Man. Yo, sit back, relax, catch a contact, sip your congiac, and let's all wash this money through this laundry mat. Sneak it back, a new cast of rap, work top dollar. In fact, touch minds, and I'll react like a rock waller. Who could relate? We play for high stakes at some point. Catch them in place, undress them time with tape. No escape, the Coleon, Fettuccine, Capone. Roam in your own zone, or get kidnapped, to clap to your dome. We got it slow. The firm, all the wars unknown. Lower your tone, face it. Homicide cases get thrown. Aristocrats, politics in Delhi with diplomats. To me, I'm an official Mac Lex Cooper. Criminal thoughts in the group wars. My destiny to be the new boss. A nigga poorly got a die too short. A nigga's dead on. I key a hair on. They found a dead on. The couch with his dick in his mouth. I put the head out. Yo, the smoothest killer since Bugsy. Bitches love me. And Queens where my drugs be. I wear get jeans and rugby. Yo, my people from Medina, they will see you when you re up bring your heater or your queen go between us. Real shit. My desert eagle got an ill grip. I chill with niggas that hit Dominicans. Bots are still bricks. My red beam made a dread scream. It's great effect team. Call it be turning niggas to fiends. Yukon's a ninja black Lexus. Mega the pretty boy with mafia connections. It's the firm nigga said it. Yo, my mind is seeing through your design like blind fury. I shine Jerry sipping on crushed grapes. We lust pace and push cakes inside the casket at just weight. It's sickening. He just finished spitting up state. And now the project is talking that somebody gotta die shit. It's logic as long as it's nobody that's in my clique. My man smoke no water with spin coke and Mr. Coffee. Feds cost me two mil to get the system off me. Life's a bitch, but God forbid the bitch divorce me. I'll be flooded with ice or hellfire can't scorch me. Cuban cigars, meeting Foxy at the Mars, moving cars. You got Poppy, Senior Escobar. In the black Camaro, firm deep on my niggas heal the blackest sparrow. While the bees beat up apparel through the darkest tunnel. I got visions of multi millions in the biggest bundle. In the Lex, pushed by my nigga Jungle. E money bags, got my West Sean Dawn, bundle of 62. They ain't got a clue what we about to do. My whole team, we shitting hard like Zar. So side, Foxy Brown, Cormega, and Escobar. I keep a fat marquee piece. Lacing all the illest snakeskin. Armani sweaters, Carolina, Herrera. Be the firm, baby. From BK to the bridge. My nigga wins. Operation Firm Biz. So what the deal is? I keep a fat UL. Sipping crispy. Sitting on top of 50 grand in the Nordica van. Uh, we stay incognito like all the thug niggas in Marcy to God. They praise Allah when visions are Gandhi. Bet it on. My whole crew is John Wong. I came in Allen with a case of Cristal and Baba Shalaf spoke. Nigga with them Cubans and snort coat. Rordo, an ounce mixed with leak, just pure though. Flipping the bigger picture. The bigger nigga with the cheddar. With Mad Dripper, he had a fucking villa in Manila. We got the fleet of Panama. We waited to half and half. Keys is one and two fifths on how we flip. 32 grams raw, chopping a half. Get 16, double it times three. We got 48, which mean a whole lot of cream. Divide the profit by four, subtracted by eight. We back to 16, now add the other two that Mega bring it through. So let's see if we flip this other key, then that's more for me. Mad Coke and Mad League plus a 500. Cut it half to 250, now triple that times three. We got three quarters of another key. The firm, baby. Volume one, uh.